0: hello and welcome back to art pop and bottles the podcast where each week we discuss an album by a non-male artist hello my name is justin ganaway
1: hello my name is kayla mason garvin hi kayla hello justin
0: (laughs) um let's just get right into it and do a little check-in um what pop star do you feel like this week
1: Well, this week I am feeling, um, I, have been, uh, in between notebooks. So the notebook I have right now is from 2013, which obviously is 10 years ago. And it starts off with just like some of the saddest writing I've ever read. And it's just me writing about my life 10 years ago. Um, So I've been living in the past. I've been reveling in the past. And I'm Asian, so I feel like Gwen Stefani. What about you?
0: (laughs) Um, I actually... (laughs) God, that's such a good. We Never punchline. talked about
1: that headline on the. I, I on know the, but there was a headline that we didn't talk about.
0: <laughs> it's okay. There's not much to address, but it, it does feel like the logical conclusion to her narrative. Um,
1: I wish it was the conclusion. She still, she's still doing her thing, though. The, the problem is that it wasn't news. Like it was news and made headlines, but it was like she's been this girl, and she'll continue to be this girl. She'll never recognize the era of her ways. We're referring to, I think it was a Glamour Mag interview where uh, Gwen Stefani said, I'm Japanese several times to an Asian American reporter. (laughs) It's just so it's all all her shtick, you know, she never changes. Just like me I am, unfortunately, the same sad bitch I was in 2013. Who do you feel like this week?
0: I also feel like Gwen Stefani but (laughs) because I've been spending a lot of time around Republicans Um, (laughs) And that's it Um, So we've got some current events for you Piping hot off the press Um, uh, Jojo has been cast in um, Moulin Rouge on Broadway Um, Kayla, you are a Jojo stan How are you feeling about this?
1: I'm curious about uh how she'll do in the role. I think that she has the vocal chops to pull it off a Broadway run. She's only doing it for a, a limited number of weeks, so I think that's all a good sign. Um I know I'm curious what she'll make of the music because I know JoJo to be somebody who um has like maybe a little more vocal ambition than is currently written into the show of the score of Moulin Rouge, as I understand it, um, and I probably won't see it. What about you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never seen Moulin Rouge the like the stage version. Um,
1: you've seen the movie though, yeah.
0: I've seen the movie, yes. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, it's interesting. She has a good voice, like you said. She is vocally ambitious. I, uh, I I can't imagine her not singing it like a pop star, though. Um, And I, but I think that's fine. It works for this that style of show. Um, And I think that I, like, if I were in New York and and could only had to pay thirty five, I'd probably see it. Uh, But that's my line. But I will. But I hope that people put it on TikTok. Please just me. get out there, all all you who are putting in the work for Jinx on Broadway and Leah Michelle. Go ahead and get on JoJo as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in other news, Lana Del Rey's daddy um, has released an album. The album, um, or it hasn't released it, but he's going to. Um, by Rob Grant uh, w- which will be titled Lost at Sea um, and he's got a- an album cover that's dropped that's him seemingly on a sailboat um, with just the bottom of his shirt like being gusted up um, and he's just surrounded by seagulls. Um, what do you think of this news?
1: Um- I don't. <laughs> I don't think of it. It's fine. I probably won't listen to it. I love this for both of them. I think it's absolutely hilarious, but I can't imagine. Well, I I'm cu- I guess I, I'm curious if 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 the album blows up and gets like uh, incredible reviews, I'll give it a listen, but I don't I'm not I have enough on my hands talking myself into listening to Lana's upcoming album um which actually the the lead singles are very promising but i i'm also just sort of like ah the 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 cop stuff and the racism stuff (laughs) like do i want to give my time to her like do i want to no do i feel compelled to by some weird force yeah what about you
0: yeah, I'm always compelled to check in on Lana, because um, every now and again the art is good, but it you then I'm reminded that she's a terrible person, um, and it's so I think, hard.
1: I think the art is mostly good. I was just, unfortunately, I'm so sorry to say this, the other day I was re-listening to the album Born to Die, the extended version, and I was like, damn, she really fucking did that. Like, like, Okay, so in our group chat, um, I think it was Jeremy was passing around a uh, Interview, interview in the publication interview that Billie Eilish did talking to Lana, and it was, it was interesting and and like the way that Billie sort of idolizes her and was like you changed the game, like blah blah blah, like like listening to Born to Die, I was like oh yeah, like actually this was such a huge footprint to leave, and like it, some of it is so good. You know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, she has like an enviable career in terms of the way that she's interacted with the industry and positioned herself as an artist. Uh, Save that um, SNL performance. So I like I respect her and I respect that first album. And I agree with you.
1: We give Norman fucking Rockwell good reviews, too. Anyway, what do you think of, of Mr. Grant? You, you in? Um, I mean,
0: I'll not listen to it because it's a, by a man, and I simply, I can't. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, and I think that I, like, I am like, is this uh, is this sincere, or it, it, are we acknowledging the camp of it all, of him, like, taking on his daughter's like aesthetic persona in this cover, or is it, like, done with all the utmost sincerity, and I don't know which is better. Um,
1: the cover is giving a six-word title by Hemingway.
0: <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I not count
1: the words in that title to make sure I got it right, but I did.
0: I think he looks like Biden, obviously. Um. <laughs> And as I feel we like
1: know, he, he's also kind of giving. Um, I forget what show this was, but uh, the show that uh, Ian McKellen just walked in and like declaimed uh, nautical poetry in a little sailor outfit. You know what I'm talking I about? I think
0: I missed this. Oh I thought God, says,
1: uh, I'll I'll pull up what designer it was. I think it was in New York Fashion Week, like last week. Um, oh. Ian McKellen. Um, was
0: it Tom Brown or was it
1: no? I don't think it, I don't think it I don't know that it was Tom Brown, but. Let me double check. I could be wrong. Ooh, do, do. Oh, it was, I'm sorry. It was not New York Fashion Week. It makes way more sense that it was London Fashion Week, of course. Um, and it was at the SS Daily Ready to Wear show.
0: Interesting. Oh, this is so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, oh I it, love his outfit.
1: And it was uh, he was reading uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson. <laughs>
0: of course. You know what, if the album's anything like this, then I guess I probably will listen to it. Um, my, uh, I, I would say that my favorite take on this is from executive producer Cameron Toy. And they just replied Nepo Daddy in the group chat. Um, and I laughed really hard. Um, okay, our last... Current event um, is that it was announced that Rihanna will perform at the Oscars. Her original song. Um, I'm excited. I'm I, I'm surprised we're getting two Rihanna performances in such a short amount of time. It, it, but I'm elated to, to go ahead and get another one. What about you?
1: I'm shocked, <laughs> surprised, like. At this point, she just really is sort of, like, reveling in not giving us the album. <laughs> and, I, and I can't even talk about it anymore, because she knows, and I know, and she knows that I know. <clears throat> it feels like an album ramp-up if it wasn't Rihanna, and that's what I just have to, like, breathe and let it go, you know? But, um... I, of course, I'm excited to see her sing. I haven't seen the Black Panther movie, I'm sorry to say, um, but I have listened to the song many, many times, and I look forward to hearing her sing it live. Um, what do you think?
0: I have seen the movie. I was gooped by the fact that the lead is an anti-vaxxer, um, so that was wild. Uh, they let That's why it took them so long to film, because the lead girl was like, I simply shan't vax, and so... Um, it took forever to film. And then they had to like write her out of the narrative at, at the end because they were like, well, we can't do another movie with an anti-vaxxer. Um, <laughs> so it, the movie wasn't, it wasn't good, but Angela Bassett was good. Um, and that's, I think, you know, Did she, typical.
1: Dare I ask, did she do the thing?
0: Uh, Angela, what do you mean?
1: Oh my gosh! Wait, you've seen the clip, right, of Ariana DeBose at the BAFTAs from a couple days ago?
0: No, was, I haven't. Oh I'm my the, god! I it know.
1: Scrolling <laughs> my news feed, she like, <laughs> does this very like. It's camp. It's so camp. It's so fun. I am obsessed with it. At first, I was like, oh, this is cringe, and then I turned right around, and I'm like, actually, <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever seen. And they just released today the video of her, like, seeing the line over and over. So she has this, like, she does all of these shout-outs. She's like, um, she's talking about all the women in film, and she's she's like, um, Hong Chow, Dolly D. Oh, what does she say? She's like, Kate uh Blanchett, Kate, you're a genius. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, you are all of us. And then there's this this choreo that she has while well, she says, Angela Bassett did the thing. Um, <laughs> and then she says, oh, then she says, Viola Davis, my woman king. It's <sighs> amazing, it's incredible. Never before seen fantastic. Like, you have to watch it right after this. Like, I swear to God, we're doing it right after we get off this call. Anyway, that's what I was referring to when I said, did Angela Bassett do the thing? And I'm sorry the joke didn't land. And I hope that everyone listening um, has seen the Ariana clip.
0: No, Jeremy, who can only hear half of this conversation and who was playing video games, surmised what was going on and said... Gonna boast like before. You had explained <laughs> it to me, so you you have an audience um, in here and around the world.
1: Yeah, just like just like our podcast, <laughs> to have an audience of one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we we would be remiss if we chatted about Rihanna and did not discuss um, the Super Bowl performance. We talked a little bit about this over group message, but I've had some time to digest as well. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts, uh, re-Super Bowl, re-re-Super Bowl?
1: I think it is so fitting and funny that she came she saw she did give us visuals like i loved the platform moments i thought the cinematography like the the way the performance was filmed was incredible um i i thought it was i i think one of the things i texted in our thread was that i thought it was chic like i liked her jumpsuit i liked the latex bra i liked how it was so um sexy with uh, while being entirely covered up you know i um thought like I thought she did a good job. I don't think it was um, gimmicky the way that other performers were gimmicky, have been gimmicky in the past. Um, So on the night of the Super Bowl, we had a number of friends over and then including some former guests of the pod. And then after the game was over, we watched... Uh, maybe, like, five Super Bowl performances from recent years, mostly from, like, pop stars of the, of the Rihanna, like, ilk, um, and what former pod guest Michael Dosha was saying, which I, I have come to really agree with, is that the Super Bowl performances kind of read best when the performer, like, has a real, like, fire in their eyes, I think he was saying, and, like, are really, like, putting it out on the line, have something to prove, have a chip on their shoulder going in, are, like, ready to give, 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 and I think that Rihanna was so chill. You know, she wasn't giving. However, she was giving, like she was giving Rihanna, which is a, a she's a chill performer. She's a, a performer who is like, knows that her, like her, whatever she's got that day is going to be good enough for us. Um, and overall, I had a very positive experience. I think it's a good performance that will hold up, but I do agree that it was missing like that. Like last bit of oomph, but also she was, she's pregnant. She doesn't owe us anything. That's what I keep coming back to is like when I feel entitled to her album or her, you know, whatever, like she doesn't owe us anything. She's being very nice by trotting herself out once every 10 years to give us a little performance, (laughs) Uh, What do you think?
0: I, I, I agree with you on the whole. Um, I, I do think it was chic. The, I, I I really appreciated the styling moments. Yes. The latex bra, which was Tom Ford ish inspired. I don't, I think it was Tom Ford itself, but it, you know, it gave that piece, that era. And I really loved the big puffer at the end because it felt like a nice homage to Andre Leon Talley, who famously, you know, gave the monologue about her um, Met Gala look. So I liked that that was there. Um, yeah, it was chic. It was shot really well. I did like that it was just a line and she got to kind of strut down and I also, I think she approached it like a billionaire would. Um, she she didn't have something to prove and I agree with that, what Michael Dozier is saying and what you're saying. like Yes, I think the best performances have a fire to them um, and I, I think there is a coolness factor to saying I don't have to prove anything and I think that that was evident in what she was doing um but i do uh, like at the end of the day well i won't i i I don't think it's fair to even rank it in other performances with other pop girls because they approached it differently and i i would i it's not going to be my favorite super bowl when i list them but i i certainly don't think it was it wasn't lazy and it wasn't bad it just was different we conceived
1: I really wish, I loved the greatest hits, like, vibe of the set list, but I really wish she had ended on a different song. Like, I Mm -hmm. do not expect or want her to end on Diamonds. Like, I know it's a huge hit for her, but I think that she has so many other great hits that could have filled that last song, Uh, especially with her in the air like that and those visuals. Like, I just really would have... Preferred to hear a different song to finish up the set, but I am annoying and I just want what I want
0: Well, the opener was excellent. So I was glad that she started with bitch better have my money
1: I feel like she had that's why she had to compromise on the final song is because she like used her like swears up in the first 10 seconds
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: And they didn't even swear, you know, it's just blank space. Ugh, whatever I
0: kind of would have lived in, and died for, like, just an anti-Super Bowl. Like, just no other part of her catalog. <laughs> not
1: sing too much anti. Like, I really would have loved, loved, loved to see her close out with Love on the Brain. I know mm-hmm. it's not as big of a hit as Diamonds, but, like, it's just such a great song. And she can and has sung it, like, beautifully in the past. Anyway, I, I'm i pro Rihanna. I'm pro her Super Bowl. And I am pro her at the Oscars,
0: yes, uh, Ayla, give us a gown, give us a gorgeous maternity gown the thing is
1: she's I feel like she's gonna do something wild, which I love about her. you know she's a she's gonna wear a fucking garbage bag (laughs) we're gonna be like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen you know like she's gonna wear like gauchos she's gonna wear like I, I I feel like I would just expect her to wear something really out of pocket you know like I am living for this like You know, she just always wears something unexpected, and I I hope she does that at the Oscars and doesn't just, like, do traditional beauty, which she very rarely does.
0: Right. A gauchos I will I'll second. I I would love a gauchos. Um, what, one more question. What did you think of the Fenty beauty shout out in the in the middle of the bowl?
1: <laughs> I gagged. She's so <laughs> funny. Um, and you know what? Make your money. Her products are good. What am I? I am wearing a Fenty bra right now. Oh, and Fenty underwear. So I'm covered. I, I think most of my underwear from at, at this point is from her. Um, so, you know, good on her. I'm wearing, am I wearing any Fenty makeup? No, I'm not. Just the underwear. <laughs> she, makes good shit. she makes good
0: shit. She does. I agree. Um, all right, let's get into the album that we're doing this week. Um, we're doing, Um, Emails I Can't Send by Sabrina Carpenter, released on July 15th, 2022. Kayla, where were you uh, when this dropped, and what's your relationship to Sabrina Carpenter?
1: Okay, so I had just uh, either just arrived in or was just about to go to Tennessee to work at the Writers' Conference that I work at during the summers. Um, I know I was nervous to go um, to... Uh, this conference just because I haven't been around that amount of people in a long time in that kind of setting. Um, I was uh, not aware that this album dropped and I became aware of it. I think very late this fall. Um, I, have to say, like, I don't really have too much of a relationship with Sabrina Carpenter. Prior to this, I was peripherally aware of her as, like, a ch- child star, like, a, a someone who is maybe... And I didn't even Google this. I probably should have done more research on her, but my understanding is that she was... Uh, Either Disney or Nickelodeon, one of those dual talent stars that was on a TV show and was also pumping out albums and like doing the whole like, uh, triple threat child entertainer thing. Um, and that then, you know, I was aware of her being involved in the driver's license narrative, which I think we'll definitely get into on this pod, but like the, you know, driver's license narrative being that she is potentially a party who like stepped in like immediately after Olivia Rodrigo and her boyfriend broke up, sparking the one, um, many songs, but among them driver's license. Um, and that's that's my relationship to Sabrina prior to this album. is not, it wasn't a close one. What about you?
0: Um, very similar. Um, in July, I, that was, I guess, right uh, before we went to the beach.
1: Right after, it must have been like the week, I think we went very early July.
0: Ah, okay, so right after we went to the beach, and yes, I wasn't, I like, I had seen that this album was good from one of those like random TikTokers who was like ranking best pop albums of the year, um, like prematurely, I think, but I started listening to it like November-ish as well. Um, and I like it a lot. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but, uh, I, I got a recommendation from a TikTok and then my friend, uh, Michaela. Um, and so I was like, if two people say it, then I'll listen. <laughs> well,
1: it takes us two.
0: just takes two. Um, and I didn't know I and I did like a deep dive on Sabrina's today watching some videos and some clips, but I honestly it might you can correct me if I'm wrong here was she on the high school the musical the musical the series or was she not
1: I don't think she was but maybe I'm wrong about that like I think that she's a part of different franchises let me do a little googling and we can um, but I understand that she's just sort of like a player in that circuit. And not necessarily, like, a, um, somebody who is, okay. So, she was on the show Girl Meets World. Oh. From 2014 to 2017. Uh, she was in the film Tall Girl and Tall Girl 2. Uh, she's been in some Disney, like, straight to Disney features. Um, mm. She is, uh... Let's see. She's 23 now. Um, she, uh, let's see. She was doing TV as early as 2011 when she was like very young teens, and then um, she, I guess, Girl Meets World was on the Disney Channel, which I didn't know, um, <laughs> and she, like that was sort of her start. She was in the the hate the, the Hate You Give movie, but I don't believe that she was. Um, part of High School Musical, the musical, the series. She did, however, appear in the September 2021 uh, Savage X Fenty fashion show, Speaking of Rihanna.
0: Oh, hot. Incredible. Um and I also think that this, like this album cover is a bit of a bait and switch. Cause it's so chic. I really like just the little backless black dress and the laptop. And so I was like, she's, she must be great. And then I, like, I did judge a book by its cover and enjoyed it, but I don't know if the, <laughs> um, the album cover is indicative of her aesthetic value as a whole, which I might get into later. Um, but let's start with, the album opener um, emails. I can't send the title track, a two minute, two ish minute intro track. What did you think of this one?
1: Um, I think that this is an interesting one to start us off with. Cause it's certainly a vulnerable track. I didn't do, I gotta say, I, I, this, this, Um, review for me is based in a lot of my own listens, but not a whole lot of research. So please step in and correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm sure the listeners will correct me as I'm wrong. Uh, The, the first track it's, it's a, Track that appears to me to be like kind of about like her dad and like the missteps her dad made, and how, um, <clears throat> like there's that repeated line of, or, or one of the last lines of the track is about like have uh, like, uh, um, looking up to this person and them letting you down. Um, mm-hmm. like the, the line, please fucking fix this. Um, I think for me, this song is. The positives of it opening the album are that it sets us up for a vulnerable album. Uh, It sets us up to, like, go there. I think sonically, it doesn't really sound like a lot of the rest of the album for me, which is true of some intro tracks to albums. But, like, for me, um, this album kind of does have a particular sound. And for that not to be present on the first track is a little, um, like, just... It's an interesting choice. Like for me, I I might have seeded this track a little deeper into the album. But um, what do you think?
0: I don't know. I like it as an intro because of the vulnerability displayed here. Because I think it really sets up like this album as an album that's presenting her with a little, a bit more songwriting prowess. Um, so I like it, and I. Um, I think sonically and uh, vocally, she she employs this like whispery vocal a lot throughout the album. But I, you think you're right. Sonically, it is a bit different. Um, And I liked the please fucking fix this part because it's it's a nice little crescendo, and then there's one more line, and then the song's over. And I thought it was nice. Um, I wrote that this is the sincere daddy issues by Demi Lovato. Um, and I like it. I but I would give it like a. I would give it an eight out of ten. I would say eight to nine.
1: I think I wrote seven and a half. It also um, has has echoes of um, "Thank You Next." That one line where Ari's like uh, talking about her mom, and there's that a uh, uh, parallel line in this song about um, like she she would not forgive as easily as her mom did. Sabrina mm-hmm. wouldn't. Um, and I, I, I think that, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I think there there is strong songwriting throughout this album. And, um, this track is a, is a good example of what I think, uh, Sabrina Carpenter does well, which is provide a strong vocal, strong lyrics and a strong melody. Like,
0: yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. I agree, but I, I also want to throw something in there. I was looking at the songwriters for a lot of these, and Julia Michaels is very present on this album.
1: That makes so much sense.
0: Yeah, because that because they've got a similar vocal delivery in terms of where they flip into falsetto and how much they use falsetto, so I liked that they're paired together, but then I started being like, so who's doing the bulk of the writing?
1: Is, is Sabrina listed as a co-writer?
0: Yes, she is. She's listed in all of them as, as a writer, as a co-writer. So, but I, but I like Julia there. It's, it, it seems like it makes a lot of sense. Um, vicious. I'll start on this one. I think I love it. I think it's (laughs) slap, 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 slaps is what I wrote. Um, very, very catchy melody. Um, it's got the pop plunk. Pop punk inflections um, with the "you don't feel remorse, you don't feel the effects" part. I, but her voice is so elastic that, like, she does a whispery delivery in some of the verses, and then gets to a belt. And it sort of reminded me of like you're always saying, "I really want to already belt," and she sort of gives you like, you know, a non-committal whispery little thing, and then she goes into a belt. And I was like, "Yes, yes, yes, yes." Um, I think it's just a good song. It's a it's a a good song to put in your first five tracks, Uh, what do you think?
1: Well, I, I think I can't start in any other place than the opening line, which she speaks uh, as they say in Chicago he has <laughs> it. And honestly, it was literally my last listen. I'm such a fucking idiot, but it's the last listen of this album right before doing the pod where I finally got it. Because I kept hearing Chicago and thinking like Chicago, and she didn't do the inflection of he had it coming. Like, she just says it offhand. So <laughs> like a million listens to get the joke that it is the song from Chicago, uh, so Long Tango. Um, yeah. <laughs> so funny and such a theater kid thing to do. Um, speaking of, I just read in her bio that um, it, the year that she was cast in uh, Girl Meets World, she performed in some version of Peter Pan in Pasadena at Pasadena Playhouse, um, <laughs> a play version. Um, I. Think that this song is really fun, and it sounds like the album. This is the sound I'm talking about, where it's, like, upbeat, fun. She's giving us vocal, She's giving us lyrics. She's giving us hooks, and that's what I appreciate um, about her music. I do, you know what? I'm just going to say this in, again, we, we've had this sort of ongoing conversation on the pod about, like, who do we pit against each other or who do we talk about in conversation with each other? And it's yeah. oftentimes, like, people of similar de- demographics or people whose, like, media narratives have been put together. But, like, I cannot hear this song and not think about Olivia Rodrigo. And I, I do think that it bears talking about because I think, like, it's, it's um, in the production, it the effect that they're putting on her voice it's in the writing like the way the bridge is constructed is similar to uh the way um like the the sort of like olivia rodrigo talk like spokes spoken sung bridge is um like the tempo like there's so many things about it that are similar that it seems remiss of me to not mention it and i don't want to like hit them against each other or only talk <laughs> them in conversation with each other like but I, I do think there are artists who are literally speaking to each other in their music and so like it's showing up it's showing up
0: yeah I agree um I like two things one yes I think sonically it sounds very similar to what Olivia is doing and I think that has a lot to do with just like her team and they themselves like have similar mood boards happening. Um, like it's just like, they're both doing a 2000s pop punk revival and they both were like that. This sounds good and appeals to me just based on the trend cycle. Um, and, but I think it probably goes further than that um, as well. They do, they do just have like similar references. And I I think they both grew up on Taylor and that's why we kind of get that phrasing and that, Style of songwriting, Um, and then also today I was teaching my Taylor Swift class, and I had to. It was it was an hour fifteen on the Katy Perry and Taylor Swift feud, Um, and it was wild. These kids could care less about Taylor Swift, which is so funny to me. Um, Like, but and then they like, but they also like hated Swish Swish, and like I watched it again in class, and I was like, I think I like Swish Swish. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I forgot that Molly Shannon was in Swish Swish and I was like, wait, this is funny.
1: <laughs> That's what she wants you to think.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, speaking of pitting vocalists against each other, um, let's go to Read Your Mind.
1: Wait, I gave that a 9 out of 10. What did you give it?
0: I gave it a 9 out of 10 as well.
1: Yeah, look at us. Okay, cool. Read Your Mind. Um, I Again, I think this one has that like, the sound of this album, I think it's a fun sound. Again, strong lyrics, great hook. Like, this is what I want to see from our up-and-coming pop stars. I want to see the strong writing. I want to have the song be memorable. Um, I I think that this is a really strong track. I like its placement in the album. And I think, too, we're starting to, um, with the last song in this song... We're starting to get into some of the themes of this album, which like, you know, I think part of the reason why I uh, am like a little against uh, emails I can't send as the first track is just because it kind of frames it as like a daddy album, but it's actually very much not that Right. it is vulnerable, but it's not about dad stuff. Um, Mostly. I think that's really the only overt reference to it. And um Like, I think it does the work a disservice to sort of it in that way of like, but like, like, like what I think that song as an opener is saying is like, can't we tie this all back to how shitty you were as a dad? And I think the album's actually a lot deeper than that. Um, but which is why I would prefer it to be a little bit deeper in the album. But, um, I think that this is a really strong song. Um, and I think it's like a, a, nine out of 10. What do you think?
0: I like when I initially was listening to the album "Vicious," had my heart, heart, heart. But I in subsequent listens, I've really gone and switched to like "Read Your Mind" as like the the true bop of the album. Um, I love it. I love, love, love. Uh, I think like the intro borrows from Ariana's playbook a little bit. Um, I think the production's really slick. I even like that, like how they did the hand clap. Cause it's sort of inter interpolated nicely. It's like, you say clap, you won't clap. It's just fun. Um, and then I like how our voices doubled. Um, and I really, um, and then I put that it slays harder than vicious. Honestly, I would say eleven out of ten for me. I really like oh, that.
1: Wow. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Incredible. Um. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Um. Tornado warning. Um. You should start on this one. I have to prepare a take.
1: <laughs> I I think my take is pretty similar to the last. Couple songs, I think, is a really strong track. I love the "lying to my therapist" line, mm-hmm. relatable. I also like, <laughs> the, um, like, like her phrasing, the "lying to my therapist." Like, she really slides into that note. Um, I think that she again has a strong vocal here, a strong hook. Um, it's a nine out of ten for me.
0: Um. Love that. I I think you're right. I think it's really consistent. Um, I, so (laughs) I like the opening to this song, I can't stop singing in like the most nasally voice possible because she kind of goes there with it, but it reminds me of like, the Book of Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> we were never in the park. <laughs> like oh my that God, sort of it's
1: so funny. She is doing <laughs> MT girl phrasing there. Um it's so
0: it's so musical theater and just nasal and it's hilarious. But I I do think lying to your therapist is a cute premise for a pop song. It works, it's a gimmick we haven't heard before. Um, and it, you know. It is I think it's one of the better songs that I've heard sort of exploring like going to a therapist or exploring like mental health like it's got a punchline and I appreciate that
1: I also like how wordy the chorus is, the like, it's, it's a a really wordy, verbose chorus. And I think it really works because it is that sort of like, not Regina George, but you know, like that word vomit, um, of uh, like the, the verses or the chorus is sort of like taking on the shape of the lies to the therapist of like just not being able to stop. And I think that's, um, some smart songwriting. Yeah,
0: there's something that Catherine De La Rosa said on the pod that's been like sticking with me for a while uh, about how like Taylor Swift loves an overwritten chorus. And I like seeing that trickling down um, a lot into these pop girls because all of these choruses are overwritten, but I enjoy it.
1: (laughs) The only trickle down effect I think is real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. um, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um because i liked a boy
1: okay we're gonna get into it huh
0: let, this is the one that you have to sort of get into it let me start with a, a superficial take which is um uh the like the first lines the opening lines um you said you wanted thin mints or i said i wanted thin mints and you said you knew a guy like <laughs> That, that's the least a straight man can do. Like, it's that's not even a funny joke. It's not endearing, and I can't imagine being enthralled by someone who's like, yeah, I know a guy, a- about cookies. Like, that's not funny, and that's what makes me not trust her, because some of her punchlines are good, and then other ones are so lame. I'm just like, why did you fall in love with this man? Also, Black Eyed Peas, like, the lore is that the man was gay, right? Like, how you didn't know there like at the black eyed peas moment. (laughs) Um,
1: anyways, but I like, how are you referring to, are you say, say more about this black eyed peas. I thought she was talking about the dish black eyed peas because she's missing the article from the black eyed peas. So I thought she was referring to literally just eating black eyed peas.
0: I thought that it was like, and I'm pulling up the lyrics. I mean, you're right. She is missing the article. I thought that it was like, um, referencing because it's like an ice cream flavor and then black or we wanted over black eyed peas and complicated x's i don't know i thought it was like a like an olivia rodrigo talks about glee in her songs reference
1: i'm looking there's two different versions of the lyrics online and one of them has black eyed peas lowercase and the other has black eyed peas uppercase which totally changes the meaning of the song makes me have yeah. totally different thoughts about it because if <laughs> you're black eyed peas i have respect for you i like black eyed peas but if you are listening to black eyed peas i have a lot of questions and also the fact that i think actually this is my thesis the fact <laughs> that olivia gave us you were listening to billy joel with her and she rebutted and said no it was black eyed peas tells you everything you need to know about this song
0: That's, I agree. I completely and totally 100% without a doubt, unequivocally agree. (laughs) Like Uh she
1: thinks it's like, gotcha, but it's actually like, oh, that's so sad, honey. Like, I don't know. I just think that all of this, this song Unfortunately, might be one of my least favorite songs on the album. It's clearly a rebuttal, or or it's supposed to be in conversation with uh, "Driver's License" and "Deja Vu." I think particularly those two songs. Right. Um, I think it is not a strong enough response. Like it's not a strong enough song. Like I think if you if you hear "Driver's License" and you hear um, "Deja Vu," and those two songs have, as I think she kind of like hints at in the song, have like ruined your life. And you would come back with this song. Like, it's just not strong enough. It's not strong enough. You just keep it in the vault. I don't like the... I have to confirm that this is actually the lyric. Because, again, I'm a little research light on this one. But I don't really like that I think she rhymes slut with trucks.
0: Yes. Filling up... uh, I'm a slut. I got death threats filling up semi-trucks.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) I misunderstood the... Lyric there. I thought she said, uh, I got death threats filling up seven of my trucks. Um, so for me that, uh, that's a very different line. Okay. She, cares. I know I, I, it's about the black eyed Peas, Says producer Aaron Barnett in the chat. I'm actually dead. I can't do that. Um, girl. <laughs> and I also don't like the other thing. I'm like, uh, Sabrina, just keep it in the vault is when she has like this whole chorus come in on the line, and when it all went down, we had already broken up, like, the chorus comes in on those lines, as if, like, who who cares? Uh, I, I don't know. It, it is a catchy song, you know, like, I don't think it's the worst song that's ever been written, but I just think that if Olivia Rodrigo comes at you with two of the greatest pop songs of the last five years, you don't respond with this. I don't know. Is that so harsh? What do you think? And I, I have a lot of empathy for her and what she's gone through, but it's also like, just keep it.
0: Uh, I disagree. Um, uh, I, but I respect your opinion. If will. Um, I, I disagree because I think I like Sabrina's aware of her reach, right? Because she's had an album or two out before this.
1: What I learned actually this is a bit of research I did. This is her fifth studio album. Isn't that nuts? It's nuts. 23-year-old, this is your fifth studio album? Oh, my God. It's crazy.
0: And it's like, and I hadn't heard of her, in, like, really, truly until the Olivia Rodrigo song. And I didn't listen to her album until, a, like, a lot of people, or two people said it was good. Um, <laughs> but I think she's aware of her reach. And I, I don't think that she could write a song that rivaled driver's license. So she had to respond like you said, with something that was like, it's not that deep. Um, and I, I like the chorus (laughs) for some reason I do. I don't like the semi trucks line because I also thought it was seven of my trucks, not semi trucks.
1: It makes Uh, No empathy for her. Like you have seven trucks, but that's (laughs) not even what she's saying, but that's just what I heard. I heard it all the time.
0: <laughs> I only heard seven of my trucks until yeah, today. The only thing, but I I I like it. I think that it's just sort of like a, a toss off like babe, this this was this like this was the situation from my perspective. Can I just not do this anymore? as opposed to like
1: but that's still opting in. I think that's why I'm ultimately like, Just keep it because the song is saying, can I opt out? But by putting out the song, you're opting in.
0: Yeah, I agree. And actually, there's a lot of parallels here to Bad Blood and Swish Swish, if you think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because... Taylor gave like a pretty sincere video and song like getting her friends and making the chic takedown music video. And then Katy Perry was like, "Uh, let me pull some people from the internet and Molly Shannon and make like a funny little video to respond. And like, and, and by that point, Katy also knew she was in her flop era. So I just think that like, I, I think it's worse if you give, give us a big swing and fail, I understand what they're doing and the emotional dynamics of it. But like as an artist, I would prefer that you do a big swing. So I I understand what you're saying, but I don't know if it's a bad move. I I, I like that it's there. I like that it's on the album because it gives us something to talk about. And frankly, I'm starved for petty drama at this point in my life.
1: I did give it a seven. What'd you give it? I
0: gave it a, uh, an eight. I would say. Great. Um, already over.
1: Okay, I love this song. I think it's really strong vocal. It's one of her stronger vocals on a strong album. I mm-hmm. love the hook. I love the little claps that she's doing. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I just think this is a really strong track. Um, I think this is back to this sort of like 9 out of 10 groove that she was in earlier in the album. Um, and again, it sort of has this sound that i associate with this album which does pull a lot of inspiration from other contemporaries but i, I do feel like she's dri- driving in her own lane on this one and that's what i like about it 9 out of 10
0: yeah i think she is this this does sound like her sound and it, and it is clear that who her references are and i think that's just her indicative of most young pop stars but um this is another julia michaels one which made a lot of sense for me i think the turn of phrase is is nice i'm looking up um lyrics here i like the after the aftermath kind of thing the i like the repetition of it i think it works as a a songwriting gimmick and um and it's again the vocal delivery is really strong. She's got such, I I appreciate a pop star that has such control over their break and where they transition into falsetto and it's nice and slick and and good. So a nine out of 10, I would say. Great. (laughs) Okay. Let's get into some more cringe for a moment um, and talk about how many things. um, And I, as a writer, I want your perspective on, um, this opening line, you used a fork once turns out forks are fucking everywhere. Is this so cringe that it's good? Like you've characterized some of Taylor lyrics in the past, or is it just bad? Is it her being crazy? Like, what do you think of that line?
1: I took it as a joke and I thought it was really funny. I think, I think it's the best part of this song. Winning two lines. Literally, you used a, like, it's sung in this beautiful sort of like mezzo. You used a fork once. <laughs> well, forks are fucking everywhere. hitting it's so funny, girl. You're
0: right. <laughs> um,
1: it's also like, I, I do think the rest of the song shall, falls way short, but I think about this line. <laughs> I think about this line all the time. I think it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> They are everywhere, but it also encapsulates that feeling of like, uh, which the song rest of the song is trying to live up to, but doesn't encapsulate it so well as the first like couplet, which is like, what, like, like everything you think when you're falling in love, you think everything's unique. You think everything is like, um, like, like specific to this one time. And then you're, when it's over, when it's falling apart, you're reminded of it everywhere all the time, you know? <laughs> and so I think that that, like, that's to evoke that in just the first two lines of the song is great. And then the rest of it is blah. What do you think?
0: Well, I agree with you. I, well, I think the song suffers from a, a couple different themes going on because it is about like seeing them everywhere and like falling and being enthralled by the way someone holds a fork or uses a fork. But then it's also a, like the line that she r- r- comes back to is like, I wonder how many things you think about before you think of me. And it's also about this guy who sort of like does not match her you know, love for him, um, with the same energy. And I just think it's clear the song's about a gay guy. Um, and that's, that's my take.
1: Um, I feel like this thing, okay. Maybe she has many, gay men that she's in love with. But I I feel like what she was trying to tell us on Because I Liked a Boy is like also that that wasn't actually a real relationship and that a lot of these songs I read to be about someone else. Like I don't actually see this being about the same person that Because I Liked a Boy was about. Fair enough. But maybe another queer person.
0: I well and and that brings me to my next point, which is I read a tweet this week that said Sabrina Carpenter and Sean Mendez are flirting. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about Bet want
1: <laughs> Great. Let's um I think this song gets us back on track. In fact, that's the only note I have about it. I was I was thinking that, and I saw that I wrote it, and that's all I had written, 9 out of 10. What do you think?
0: <laughs> I, I have a pithy but ultimately good take on it, which is I think it's chic and sexy, but it lacks specificity compared to the other, like, lyrics and the other songs in the album, and I think it sounds like a Camila Cabello B-side.
1: Um, yikes, but true. And I do think, like, she... She kind of and I was just seeing this. I wanted to see her sing live because I was curious because she's such a short woman. I was curious about her. She's such a short, small woman, and I was curious about how she carried some of these songs in her <clears throat> body live on stage. And she kind of like has this thing, and maybe it's a Disney star th- or like a child star thing, but she has this thing, and and maybe it's her filler, but like sorry, Sabrina, I, I love you. I actually love you. And I
0: do too (laughs)
1: Love in your heart, in my heart, but like, like she kind of plays at being sexy a little bit, like both vocally and in performance. And she's like wearing things that are supposed to be sexy, but like, it feels a little bit like the early parts of Ari's career, where she's like, I, "I'm grown up. I promise. I'm four eleven, but I'm so sexy. You know, <laughs> like, I'm sexy, and that's my primary characteristic. Like that, it it, it strikes me as a little bit disingenuous. But I also think the song is a little bit of a bop, so.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think she doesn't know which parts of her art are good, that, and that's why her, like, her visuals are so uneven, um, but I think she had a really great editor on this album in particular, um, and they really focused in on a good, like, set of songs, and um, but yeah, I agree with you in terms of her performance The I like when she does choreo. I think she does give Britney and I, I and I like that she dances more than your average pop star these days. Um, and in terms of performance, I, like, no, I'm not going to say that. But um, say it. in terms of performance, she does give a little more than Olivia. I would say. No,
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. But also Olivia is not trying to put on sexy. Right. Like, and and I think it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, I I think that Sabrina's vocals from what I can tell, which is, you know, I'm not as well-versed in Sabrina. Um, And again, here we are pitting women against women, but also, (laughs) you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're just pitting artists against artists who are in the same tax bracket. Like, what are we supposed to do? Um, she, Olivia is putting on less, but also succeeding less. And Sabrina's a little bit more of a try hard, but is a little bit more successful as a live performer and has more Mm -hmm. consistent vocals and gives us looks where Olivia, I'm sorry. She needs to really, really ask around for a new stylist. Like it really pains me. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Sabrina's styling, I will say, also makes this album elevates this album.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> when
1: I think of Sabrina Carpenter and I think of her little bangs and I think of her little mini skirts, I'm like, yes, she's she's giving, she's giving us. Have you seen that outfit of her in the little like the Barbie pink tank top and little sparkly suit? Like, oh my god, I have to yeah. send it. It's so cute. It's and so cute. I think that her aesthetics um, being on point elevate this album.
0: Um, so two things about her aesthetics. Yes. Um, I. There was a cute little look in that one in the Fast Times video where she's wearing like a cute baby tee over a pink corset and like a mini skirt. And then that's the
1: album that or not album. That's the outfit I referred to uh, as having so many holes in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just um, a lot of cutouts. There's so many cutouts. It's like not even clothing. It's mostly cut out, which I, I think <laughs> is a cute concept, but it's also like, is I, I, I don't know. I lived through that era the first time it came around and now it, it does feel like, like, Christina without teeth you know
0: <laughs> I agree well and I think The way to make it a joke and funny Is for her to do a music video and just Feature sugar and spice in The ah, music video oh no,
1: yes absolutely
0: Just double down On it and double down on that try hardiness And I think it would really kind of slap <laughs> um, okay, so
1: and I, I Misquoted the the outfit that I Wanted to talk about that I'm absolutely obsessed With she's wearing what looks to me to my Naked eye which is probably not true like a Miss Sony sweater vest and, like, panty with a little uh, sheer, um, sparkly uh, skirt over it that, like, has a huge slit, and then enormous Barbie heels. I'll show you the picture I'm referring to, but, of course, our readers can't see it. Like, I just think that this...
0: Oh, that's so like, funny.
1: Like, it's so cute, and it, it vibes with the album. Anyway, um, this... Uh, Was at a Spotify event, if anyone wants to look it up. It's really cute.
0: I think she does Euphoria cosplay a little bit, but it's executed well, so I don't mind it. Um, Let's talk about nonsense. I'll start with this one. Um, uh, I like Alto Sabrina. I like it when she gives us vocal fry and a lower vocal... performance. I love the line about, I have to jump, jump the octave. I think it's cute. I wrote, if you don't like this song, you're clinically depressed and I don't make the rules. Um, and I, and I, but also at the end, I don't like when she does her little, like one-off jokes at the end, some hit and some don't, but I didn't like that she included her friend laughing super hard because I, it's clear to me that she has friends around her that are less funny than she is. And they're pumping her up, Um, And making her feel funnier Than she is
1: (laughs) Wait I have so much to respond to First of all the end is cringe I think she should have just cut Here's the thing is that and it was cringe when Taylor did it and it's cringe when all the Swifty girls who are coming up do it The little like "Mm, that was bad (laughs) (laughs) Like That I just End the song with it just undercuts Your shtick and Mm -hmm. I don't Love it, and the, and it also frames the whole song to me as like built off of freestyle, sort of in a SZA esque style. Like it implies to me that they're trying stuff out in the studio. She's recording lines off the cuff, and to me, um, like uh, it it makes me investigate the song a little more. Okay, so. First off, we have to say that "Nonsense" is a pop hit. It's her no, it's her biggest hit. She recorded a Christmas version, which is actually how I first heard. No, I had heard the regular track "Nonsense," and then I heard the Christmas version. And I was like, "Why does this sound familiar?" It's because I had heard the non I had heard the secular track <laughs> I think that it, it feels like freestyle, which kind of undercuts some of it. Like. It is clearly a very well constructed song, and then some of the rhymes that she's like, for lack of a better word, spitting or whatever, we <laughs> are, like, it, it, they're just a little wonky. And so, I want to buy into the freestyle narrative, but the the song is so clearly constructed that like it it makes me. Just feel like there's a falseness here, like a falseness in the outro with the like friend laughing and her being like that was bad um and like we're not gonna include any of this, and all of it is included like i unreliable narrator um, but there's just so many my only and this is I think the high the track that I rate as the highest on this album I'm
0: obsessed um,
1: <laughs> but I do have to just levy one more criticism which is there. Throughout this album, but particularly on that song, there are so many quarter rhymes, like half rhymes, quarter rhymes, eighth rhymes, 16th rhymes. Like, for example, the fact that she's actually trying to rhyme octave with nonsense. Like, <laughs> it just.
0: But is that a punchline? Like, I don't know me, if she knows.
1: <laughs> to me, it just makes it... This is the reason why I think a lot of this album hovers between pretty good, really good and great, but it never quite hits great because she's not willing to have the rigor to, in her greatest hit, like just make the words fucking rhyme, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that, uh, and that's why I rated it a (laughs) (laughs) 9.5.
0: I think it's interesting when we review like, like, Uh, Even though this is her fifth studio album, by the way. But, like, when we review, like, younger pop stars who we are, who it's very clear who their references are, so we can be a little bit more, like, nitpicky for what's going on. Like, it's harder for me to take on Rihanna's album because she knows more than me. But Sabrina probably knows more than me, but I'm enjoying, like, you know, nitpicking some of the things. And yet, I still think it's really fun, and I think, like, it's good pop music. And if I were, like, 14, this would have been my whole personality. So. Okay. And
1: um I- 9.5 out of 10 great love it
0: um fast times
1: okay i really like this song mm-hmm. i think it's again she's giving the three things i want vocal hook lyrics you mm-hmm. know it's a fun little song i think it's a fun little song about fucking around and like mm-hmm things off the cuff um I like the octave piano they have going at the beginning and like how prominent the piano is throughout in this song that's sort of like mid-up tempo um we just I just scrubbed through some of the video and I think it looks really cute I originally wow this is a wild journey The first time I was reading this, I gave it an eight, then an 8.5 then an 8.8, then a nine question mark. So I guess it's in that range. What about you? Uh,
0: I think it is a nine. I think it is really (laughs) (laughs) well-constructed and I grade liberal arts. Students. um <laughs> um I do think it's a nine I think it I, I think the production is the most sound all the way through um, with this one and it it's cohesive and good um the only thing I wrote the thing that could really make this song sing <laughs> um is a coke reference without a coke reference it's not as good but there's just so many like
1: you can't reference cocaine she's got contracts.
0: I mean, she's 23, like, if, just, like, a Kim Petras, where she did, like, the thing about leaving it on the coat rack, like, that, like, if you just had a little punchline in there, like, that, it would.
1: Miley was doing Molly references right after her Disney contract. See, this is, okay, this is a thing, too, is that, like, I think, considering Sabrina Carpenter not only in the Olivia Rodrigo Disney generation, but also in the context of, like, Lindsay, Hillary, uh, you uh like Miley, of course. You know, like there are a long line of Disney girls who come into their early 20s and like put out these albums. And I think this is a strong one. Like, she certainly has more vocal chops than Hillary or Lindsay. I think that she is frankly not as iconic as Miley, but like she's She's trying. She's really trying. Um, but she's also less interested in be in um challenging norms and like subverting things than Miley was at her age.
0: Yeah. I think these kids are too tired to be subversive. Um
1: she's been working since she was so little. My God, take a break.
0: Yeah, five album cycles and the threat of global warming. I don't like I just she's she's not interested in being a master. And um it works sometimes and it doesn't work. Um, I'm excited though, to talk about skinny dipping, um, (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I love this song um, I love
1: It's just Shannon being Shannon
0: Just Shannon being Shannon <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a prominent lyric uh, If you haven't listened to this album I feel like actually most of our listenership Will not have listened to this album By the time we drop this So yeah. I'm interested to hear what you all think And encourage you all to listen to it Because I think it's yes. good. Um go, go to town on skinny dip in. Take us Take us to the lake
0: Here's what I love about it. I love a metaphor wrapped in a platitude. Um, Skinny dipping on the edge of a cliff. I mean, come on. I mean, that's a turn of phrase. That is a premise for a pop song that can be expounded upon and done well. And she did. I think she did it quite well. I think it's funny, but but it's also weird and it's um, and it explores a really specific feeling in a new way very swifty, and it's you know conceit um, and I think it's one of the strongest songs on the album.
1: Yeah is it Gilding the Lily? Absolutely. Is the chorus overwritten as Catherine de la Rosa would say yes but in a pleasing way like yeah so we have this central metaphor of like like I think she to paraphrase is Like, we're dealing with skinny dipping in water under the bridge. So, like, the idea that we're, like, naked but in what has passed with an old, like, romantic interest lover and that we're able, like, the song is about running into an ex and, like, them suggesting that you go to have dinner at a nostalgic place, but it'll be fine. And like being able to just sort of like live in the, the what ifs, but knowing that it can't happen and knowing that like it could never happen. I I think this is a really strong song. Um I think again, like she's giving us the slightly overwritten lyrics, but like, She's giving us hooks, she's giving us vocals, um, and she's giving us that sort of stream of consciousness, again, sort of Swiftian verse. Um, And I think that um, it's... it's, This is some of the strongest writing on the album. I think it's a 9 out of 10 for me. Maybe even a 9.5, but uh, I don't know if it's a 9.5. And I think the reason why is it doesn't really go there you know like i i feel like a lot of these songs like up up and this one particularly like aims to do this with which is like approach the edge of the cliff but like not dive off and now i'm mixing a lot of metaphors but like she's like the song is about i just wish the temperature could be turned up a little bit or that there was something more at at stake because it is such great writing. I just want a little more in the vocal or something. I don't know, but it's still a nine. Yeah. What do you think?
0: I think I think she lacks a little bit of self awareness, and that's kind of what you're m- maybe getting at, or maybe not. I might be reading that, but I I just think that like there's a little bit that she hasn't scraped. I I think, and and we, if we go back to like because I liked a boy, there's a little bit in herself that she didn't explore about like how hurt she was by that situation, and like I, I would have loved like a no holds barred um, assassination of Olivia's character, <laughs> like that that could have been fun um
1: honestly i would be here for it not i i just think for no, if nothing else then for the abandon in the writing and performance that would give us you know like i feel like all of this is great and very calculated you know and to yeah. the level too where like i feel like similar things from taylor swift but she usually somewhere during the album hits a real chord. And I think Sabrina's like almost there. And I'm really excited to see what she does next.
0: Yeah. I also, uh, one, it's going to be a 10 out of 10, but I'll criticize it one more time, Um, which is it starts with, it'll be a Wednesday. Like, just like, it, it's very Swiftian in that like you either name check the month or the day, and that has something to say about like the the you know the poetry of the event that you're sort of describing and Wednesday being like an unexpected day to run into an X. Like, you know, it it makes sense, but it's not as good as it could be. Like there's a more specific way to talk about the day than Wednesday, but it's not bad. Um let's talk about bad for business. Um, I'll start with this one. I don't like it. Um, I know I've, I have another pissy take, which this one, um, it sounds like foster the people and plain white tees. I don't know why I, and just, I don't like it. I And I don't like the trope of it being like, I'm happy. So I can't write a sad pop song. Like, I feel like I've heard three other songs like that and it, and it doesn't work for me. What do you think?
1: It, I think it's very consistent with the rest of this album for me. I think the hook is strong. This song gets stuck in my head. I I know exactly why you think it sounds like Foster the People or whatever, and it's because of the production, but I kind of like the production. <laughs> um, I don't know. it. It's a 9 out of 10. Sorry. <laughs> I live.
0: I, I'll give it... I mean, I did, it does get stuck in my head, but I am going to stick with a 7 out of 10 for this one.
1: You know, it's so interesting because I feel like we we came off... We've recently recorded the, who knows, release, the um, the, <laughs> the SZA review where we were, like, I was really struggling to keep my ratings low. And here it's, like, they're consistently high at, like, a 9, but there's nothing for me that's, like, you know, you've had a 10 and 11, but there's nothing here that's, like, 16, you know? And so um it's... I've been thinking a lot about our our rating system the past few days as I've been prepping for this. And, like, I think, like, a, a measure that I have is, like, does how... Does and how feral does it make me? Like, yeah. does it make me feral and how feral? And like this album doesn't really approach feral for me, and that's why it's all nines. <laughs> Although I think for a lot of other people's skills, it would be tempered down to like seven sevens and eights. But I do think this is a very strong album. It's just not feral.
0: <laughs> no, it's not feral. I, I, there's not a there's not a single place where I've gagged. I think the closest to a gag you got is the um, as they say in Chicago. He had it coming. <laughs> or the fork well, line
1: three months to gag <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> three uh, months later um i, did you I
1: rated it rated bad for business
0: uh yes yeah, seven out of ten
1: okay okay okay
0: um and then we have the album closer another julia michaels what do you think of decode
1: okay this song has grown on me because earlier this week i was like you know trying to you know, looking at the track names and I couldn't think of the song when I looked at the title. Um, and it's grown on me, but I think surely there must have been a better closing. I just feel like the this album as a whole to me would be so much stronger if the front and end tracks were somewhere in the middle and there was maybe something different at the top and bottom. Um, I just, to me, this isn't the album is stronger than this song and you want to go out on a strong note. Like I think overall the whole album would be elevated if a different song was last, I think it's a fine song. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I have no beef against it. I just think it's sort of living in the middle of all this, um, like mostly strong, but ultimately not the most remarkable songwriting. Um, and it's not, standing out to me what do you think
0: i agree with you i don't think she should have ended with this song and i also like it's funny to me so uh, how do i put this um it, uh, it was funny to me when people characterized midnights as a concept album because uh and you know there are very there are very specific people in my life that have characterized it that way and i can't say on this pod but like and, um but there are like, you know, and I think that Taylor sort of loosely called it that as well. But the idea that she, these are all songs that she wrote in the middle of the night, right? And then, and uh, with Sabrina, she was like, "These are all emails that I was writing to myself that I couldn't send to other people, but that I was being the." She was talking about how she was being the most honest with herself and these emails that she couldn't send. So, decode doesn't sound like that, um, and. And, like, if it's your album Closer, I I think you're, I'm coming back around to your take where, like, she could have maybe, she could have maybe started with, like, honestly with skinny dipping and then ended with, like, the song emails I can't send to her dad.
1: I think that's really cute. Oh, my God. Let's email her. (laughs) You know. I think this brings me back to, like, I think this album is so strong. I just wish, especially with emails I can't send, my drafts and also my drive, which is where I put my drafts because I'm scared sometimes that I'll actually send some of my drafts. I just take them out of Gmail. Like, they're so feral. Like, they're primal. They are so (sighs) Like, well, but they're also verbose and like twenty minutes long. I just like don't buy that all of her emails that she can't send are like two to three minutes and sound this beautiful. Like I I just want her sim you said she's she belted, but she didn't scrout. I want her scrouting. You yeah. know, you especially on this album that she sort of touting as as her most personal vulnerable work like she's got the the whispery vocals and the really personal content but like I want to see the part of her too that might be like angry and I think that's what's missing from um because I I liked a boy and like some of these tracks is just like yeah I I just um I th- and I, I think she has the potential, you know, I wouldn't say it unless I think she had it in her to be, I think she has it in her to be absolutely iconic. Um, but, uh, you know, she she's young, you know, she's young and maybe she'll grow into it.
0: Yeah, I think she could use, I mean, I like Julia Michaels here, but I think she could use a really excellent co-writer, like a Charlie, you know, coming in and, like, augmenting what she's doing. But I, but she won't get there until she's 26, 27 and has a little, like, less, like, fewer people editing what she does and what she presents to the world.
1: Well, I think this, too, about everybody who, you know, is, is 23 right now is, like, when when the world shut down for COVID, she, you know, ever, all of us sort of put years of our life on pause. And like, I think 20 to 23 is a really formative period to be, you know, she was making a lot of work and she was out in public, I think as much as she could be at that time. But like, you know, that's a really formative period to have a lot of up- upheaval um, in, in the larger social structures that allow you to date and figure out who you are and all this stuff. Um, and it was during that time that, like, uh, driver's license and all this stuff came out and that her her life, um, which has for a long time been in the public eye, sort of, like, changed shape, you know? Um, yeah. I I can't imagine what it's like to go through all that. And I wish her all the best. And I also can't wait to hear her sprout.
0: I can't wait to hear his call. And I have to read one more thing because you made me think of it because you said that she, she was experienced the pandemic between 20 and 23. So the nonsense music video um, is her, like getting ready with her friends to go to a house party to meet a guy, right? Um, and the, it's, it's gaga nature in that she's like dressed up as the guy as well. She's wearing a bad hard front wig and she's like flirting with herself in the music video. But the, there are like flashes of her like chugging, um, as as the dude, like chugging vodka from the bottle wearing like a dipshit hat which is kind of funny um but it just like i was like oh she's still in that part of her life she's still in the let's get absolutely blitzed and go to a party and so she just has to get through that and then make better
1: art. (laughs) i might call it grad school
0: right (laughs) uh all right, let's, um, let's do our favorite tracks.
1: Okay. I think for me, it's gotta be nonsense, skinny dipping. Third one's tough. Cause a lot of them are right up there. You know, I think that a good half of this album I gave nines to, um, I wanted, I'm just gonna go out and say, already over. Nice. You. What do you think?
0: Um, I would do skinny dipping, um, and tornado warnings and read your mind. Nice. Which might not be, which might not correlate with my uh, readings, but I change my mind throughout this pod. <laughs> um all right ratings we rate on a box wine system sometimes but frequently we've gone off the rails um and we can use you can really choose any substance liquid um food if you want i don't think we've ever done food i did medicine once
1: (laughs) what album was that for
0: um, it was. I was when I was having a esophageal and like digestive issues. It was like that throat thing that yeah. numbs your throat, but I don't know what what it was
2: about.
1: Um, I think for me, this is again. It's a really solid album. It is both deeper and also not as deep as it lets on. And I've been. Th- I was thinking about this earlier today, and I don't know if this works, but I'm gonna say it because I've been thinking about it. I think it's a dirty Shirley, but made with mezcal instead of vodka. I think it's a little bit of grenadine and some Sprite and it's a mezcal because it's like, you, you think it's going to be light and bubbly. I think maybe because of Sabrina Carpenter's image or like, like, like public presentation. And then it comes at you with like this is going to be about my dad. (laughs) And and then it also sort of backs off and is like, Oh, you know, like this will go there, but not really. And so I feel like this, this drink is kind of like the same thing of like kind of posturing of like, I'm going to order something sophisticated like mezcal, but I also need grenadine and I also need seven up. And also it might work, you know, but it also might fall a little bit short. That's my metaphor. What do you think? I'm not
0: feeling creative tonight, so I'm just going to go with what I'm drinking. But I'll tell a story with it. Um, I have recently like fallen in love with uh, Perrier sparkling water, um, <laughs> and I really live—I live for it out of a glass bottle. Um, and like, you know, and you just like chilled to the bone out of a glass bottle. And it's so crisp and it's so peppery. Um, but tonight I couldn't get the glass bottles because the Walgreens didn't have it. So I had to get the canned Perrier Um and I put it in a nice wine glass with some ice and it's refreshing and lovely, but it doesn't quite have that crisp, clean bite of a glass-bottled Perrier, um, which would be like a crisp, clean, perfect pop album, like, a, like an Ariana Grande perfect pop album. But it's got all the trappings of it, so it's Perrier in a can, um, is this album for me.
1: I think that's a great metaphor. Also, I don't think that we talked about, like, the Ari styling throughout this album, and I don't want to make it too long, but I'll just say shes that's clearly a reference. She's clearly doing Ari-isms, and it doesn't entirely not work, but sometimes, again, it just feels a little bit like posturing, just as Ari sometimes feels like she's posturing.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I believe that Ari has seen more musical theater than Sabrina, and I think that's the difference. (laughs) <laughs> um,
1: nice to know
0: <laughs> I believe we have a, a game Is there
2: a game?
1: Oh my god, there's a
2: Oh, A, a gom? There,
1: there happens
2: to be a game Exciting And today's game is titled Um... Emails I can't send because I'm too busy guest starring on Law and Order. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you're aware of this. I'm aware. Okay. I
1: looked at her Wikipedia.
2: She guessed it on Law and Order. She, she did. She did. It was an early career move for Sabrina Carpenter. So here's how the game will work you will take turns, and I will give you a prompt that describes a famous person's guest starring role on Law & Order, or more commonly Law & Order SVU, if you're familiar with the franchise. Um, (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) And I will give you three options for who guest starred in that role. Okay. Um, So... You will guess one of them. If you get it wrong, stealing is allowed for half a point. And then you can have your own question. Mm. Um, are there any questions, concerns about how this is going to go?
0: No, I'm feeling like I'm excited to hear all the descriptions of the guest roles because it, I, I, might, I would venture to guess that they're quite similar. Um, but
2: we'll see We'll see about it. We'll, um, we'll see about it. Uh, so, so am I to take it, Justin, that you're not very familiar with the Law and Order?
0: No, I don't. I I, I, uh, I can't watch scary movies, and I also don't love, like, crime. Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Kayla, are you familiar with the L and UU? No. What? L and OU. L and OU. <laughs>
1: Familiar, yes. A regular uh, watcher, no.
2: Seriously, used to marathon that shit all the time. I don't know how you could not. Anyway. Okay, here we go. Who's going first? You won last time? I've been on a hot streak, but I don't know.
1: Justin's going first.
2: All right, Justin. Here we go. Your first character is a young mother whose daughter dies of measles <laughs> after being exposed to an unvaccinated child.
0: <laughs> the lead of Black Panther. <laughs>
2: this is objectively not funny.
0: Anyway. This game has punchlines.
2: Yeah, right out of the gate, apparently. Um, when I read this to myself, it wasn't as funny. Okay. Their options are Sabrina Carpenter, Hilary Duff, or Brittany Snow. Oh my god. Who was a young mother whose daughter dies of measles after being exposed to an unvaccinated child, and I will say, then plans to exact revenge on the family for allowing it to happen.
0: All right. I had a funny joke, but I won't say it because it's too mean. But I will say that you have to examine sort of the time frame. Like it would have to be when they were old enough to play a young mother and like how famous they were at that time. And like, wow, it's tough because wasn't Britney Snow in Pitch Perfect?
2: I didn't see Pitch Perfect. Yes, she
0: she was. So she was kind of famous then. And Hillary's always been famous, but maybe she was doing a career revival. I don't think it was Sabrina. I don't, I'm just revival. I'm gonna go with. Remember younger. Yeah, I mean, she was doing younger then. I don't know. I'm just gonna go with Brittany Snow because she has a face for measles. <laughs> Brittany
2: Snow is incorrect. Ah, uh, is it Hillary? Oh, Do you like no to man. steal for half a point? Would you like to hear your options again, or
1: you it's Br- it. it's Sabrina Carpenter.
2: It is Hilary Duff, unfortunately. Wow. We got it. Wow.
1: Shocking.
2: All right. Kayla, are you ready for your question? Absolutely. Alright, this character is Angelette, a murder suspect who was thought <laughs> who was thought to have killed her parents in order to collect their money and pay off some of her debts. This is a Taylor Swift music video. Um, your options are Sandra Bullock, Sarah Paulson, or Sabrina <laughs> Carpenter.
1: <laughs> it's Sarah Paulson.
2: You're right. It is Sarah ah!
1: Paulson. You know
2: what you're doing. She she's got a face for Angelette, that's for sure. Oh my God. We need an Angelette type.
0: Yeah. All
2: right, Justin, you ready to go? Yes. All right, this character is Christine Hartwell, who is supposedly attacked and kidnapped while video chatting her husband who is overseas. Eventually, mm-hmm. Olivia, Mariska Hargitay's character, grows suspicious of her story. Oh my god, is this a Zoom episode? I'm obsessed. Your options are Amy Adams, Chloe Sevigny, or Amanda Seyfried. My god, A-listers only. Wow! All right. they really, they really turn up for Law and Order. Okay, so she was kidnapped on a FaceTime or on a
0: Zoom or whatever.
2: Yeah. Chloe Sevigny, ye?: Chloe, Chloe Sevigny? Mm-hmm. Chloe Sevigny, Chloe Sevigny. It's Chloe Sevigny. Chloe <gasps> Sevigny is co- correct.
1: She's one of my most run into New Yorkers. God, yeah. she's everywhere. She's
2: everywhere. She's so she's out. chic. She's out. All right, Kayla, Mm -hmm. are you ready for your question? Yes. All right. Alicia Harding, a TV host who is being sent threatening packages and is working to find her sister's killer from several years prior, is played by Laura Dern, Patricia Arquette, or Deborah Messing. Dern, Arquette, Messing.
1: Finding a
2: sister. A TV host who is being sent threatening packages and is working to find her sister's killer from several years prior.
1: Deborah
2: Messing. Deborah Messing is correct.
1: <gasps> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs>
2: wow oh, yeah. so good.
1: So
0: what do you mean, y'all have
2: never seen Law and Order? <laughs> yeah. It's the, like, occupation. Because in, in Messing... Like,
1: who, is, who do they think we'll think is a TV host?
2: Mm, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Alright, Justin, here we go. Janice Donovan, who fakes dissociative identity disorder, <laughs> he quote-unquote suffers from six different personalities, including <gasps> a teenage girl and a therapist. This actor eventually won an Emmy... For this guest performance. Is it. Cynthia Nixon. Melissa Joan Hart. Or. Kim Cattrall.
0: Oh my god. Oh my fucking. Fuck god fuck. Um. <laughs> oh my god. It's, at first I was like. It sounds like someone who did like a lot of DI. In high school. And then just was like. Can you write that into a. a like a. Uh,
2: storyline
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <made>
0: <laughs> um, I don't think it's Kim Cattrall because I like I feel like I would have known that she won an Emmy for it I think Cynthia is the sort of like choice that I would want to go with because she's the strong act, strongest actress in that like re- lineup for me but this might be a bait and switch of sex in the city so what was the second person who was the second person
2: Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart is not correct.
1: Damn.
2: Kayla, would you like to steal for half a point?
1: Yes, Cynthia Nixon, please.
2: That is correct. It is definitely Cynthia. Damn. I should have
0: gone with my first fucking instinct. She's the only one that could win an Emmy for Disassociative Personality Disorder.
1: I honestly want to look this up right now. Okay, I was talking about yesterday, her incredible performance in the little foxes in like 2017, where she and Laura Linney um, were double cast and they would switch roles like every other night. And the night I saw her, she was playing birdie who's the kind of like secret alcoholic, like middle-aged sister-in-law and the performance I saw her give informed my answer to the last question. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: You know that that's my favorite play and I am not really, but
1: <laughs> I, honestly, I
0: love it though. It, it
1: makes some point at Lillian Hellman liar. Yes. Good writer. <laughs> also. Yes.
0: I also have to bring up a performance of Cynthia Nixon and then we can move on. But you know, that there was a stage performance of the women um, with Cynthia Nixon in it as well as Jennifer Coolidge. And it's on YouTube. <gasps> um, yes. It's a, that. I started watching the first 10 minutes while Jeremy was gone, but then I fell asleep. And it, but not because it was bad, because I was very tired. And it was incredible. And it's great. And I'm going to go back to it.
2: Wow. So, yeah. Laura Lenny and Jennifer Coolidge, two white ladies who we really should have put on here. Anyway.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Great options. Um, all right. Who's fucking turn? It's your turn, Kayla. you just.
1: Has everyone been point. white? <laughs> All of these options.
2: White Girl Spring.
1: (laughs) White Girl Spring. Let's go. All right. (laughs) Your character
2: is Babs Duffy. No. Of a lesbian rights group. No. She accuses the police of neglecting the deaths of lesbians due to homophobia.
1: Oh, Babs.
2: So, who plays Babs? Is it Kathy Griffin? Rosie O'Donnell, no, <laughs> or Kristen Stewart,
1: no. Stop, stop, stop. No, 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 no.
2: You must decide.
1: I think it's <laughs> this question will actually cause my death. Wait, who was the first option?
2: Kathy Griffin. <laughs>
1: I mean, I feel like it's actually Rosie O'Donnell, but I have to go with Kathy Griffin just because it's iconic. No, 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 no. I feel like it actually was played by a straight woman. That's how Law and Order rolls, and I think it's Kathy Griffin.
2: (laughs) Kathy Griffin is the correct answer. Yes! (laughs) Kathy Griffin. Babs! (laughs) (laughs)
1: Please, Babs! <laughs> oh my, <laughs> oh, did they give her a wig? Uh,
2: I don't a, I little,
1: a little short wig. Is it
2: ever not a wig? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good job. Thank you. Kristen
0: Stewart really sold that.
1: <laughs> no, I'm fucking slain. It's like, they put in Kristen, this role was not played by a queer person.
2: <laughs> All right, Justin, you're up. Your character is Birdie Sullaway, a black widow-type serial killer who marries and murders men she feels the world is better off without. Was Birdie played by Audra McDonald, Bette Midler, or Carol Burnett? Ah! (laughs) Fuck. Ah, ah.
1: You really outdid yourselves with this game.
0: <laughs> it's actually my favorite game. I think we I think it's also a TikTok series. Spice every one of these been questions up. starring on Lawn Order. <laughs> oh God. I mean, I I I want it to be Carol, so I'm gonna say Carol. Carol is correct.
1: <gasps> That's so iconic.
2: Love that. I gotta look that one up. All right. Strong. Another question for you. Your Ready. character is Ready. Jeanette Grayson, who is an overwhelmed caseworker who falsifies a wel- welfare reports and is ultimately put on trial for manslaughter when a child shows up dead. <laughs> Was this character played by Cher, Whoopi Goldberg?
1: Oh my god!
2: Or Kathy Bates?
1: Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> Oh my God! Got to be Kathy Bates.
2: Kathy Bates is not.
1: Correct. <gasps> oh no,
2: Justin. Would you like to steal for half a point? Sure. Um, I really thought it was Kathy Bates too, uh, but I'll go Whoopi. I'll
0: say Whoopi. Whoopi's correct. Okay.
1: Oh my God. I was just like Cher sure, couldn't.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a chicken shit gig. Um, I think I I was thinking it was Kathy because she did that
2: NBC show where she was like a a lawyer for the people. Boston Legal. Why do I know that Boston Legal? <laughs> I've never seen an episode of that. I
1: love Kathy Bates. I love her.
2: Me too. She's a talent to be reckoned with. Anyway. <laughs> Um, Justin your Official question uh, Your character is named Chloe Spears Who is an unwitting internet Porn victim in a case leading back To a fraternity murder Was this character Played by Sabrina Carpenter Serena Williams Or Bernadette Peters (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina Carpenter Sabrina Carpenter is not correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Literally, that was the gag I was waiting for Sabrina to give us on this album. I'm gagged. I'm gagged. I'm gooped.
0: It's, it's God. Oh, my God. I'll say this after.
1: Who are the options again?
2: Serena Williams and fucking Bernadette Peters. <laughs>
1: Read the description again
2: Chloe Spears, an unwitting internet porn victim In a case came back to a fraternity murder Is your character
1: What the fuck?
2: <laughs> it was a flashback,
0: probably Like, she killed him 20 years later
1: This is, I mean, both choices are bizarre <laughs> I think I I'm gonna be wrong, but I think Bernadette would say yes to this, and I think Serena would say no to this.
2: Okay, so Bernadette,
1: yes, Bernadette,
2: that is not correct.
1: You're kidding,
2: Serena. Actually, it's not. I
0: literally was like, "Jared put that on there for fun." Like, I
1: should have said no.
0: Yeah, she should have said no. (laughs) (laughs) Anaires.
2: Well, that's, that's just the way... You know, she got paid a lot for it.
1: How much, though? I don't know. She's rich. She She's doesn't rich. need she it. She
2: doesn't need it. She doesn't need it. All right. So, Kayla. Yes. Eleanor Duval is a wealthy and politically <laughs> driven mother of a suspect. She is found to be paying um, off Bradley Cooper's character in exchange for his silence. Was this... Character played by Angela Lansbury, (gasps) Oprah Winfrey, (gasps) or Kristen Chenoweth? Oh wow! Icons only. Angela. Angela is correct. Love that. And how did this work out? This is the final question. Did I mess it up? Okay, no, we're good. We're good. Oh, we have two. Oh, I skipped two. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> oh, I did. I totally missed one. All right, Justin. Great. It worked out. It worked out fine. All right. Oh god. Your question. Um, this character is an actress who is at risk of being assaulted by a reality show producer. Was this character played by Miranda Lambert, Shania Twain, or Leah Michelle? <laughs> oh my god i don't think miranda
0: can act i just simply do not um shania
2: could but we'll go leah leah is not the correct answer god God. (laughs) still for half a point
1: (laughs) yes who is miranda lambert
0: that is correct. Oh my god, she didn't act. I, now I have to watch this because that she only speaks in downward inflections.
1: I don't know if you know this, but you don't have to act to guess on Law & Order. I don't. That's what the, that's what, that's that's, the missing that's piece. That's the name of the game of this game except for <laughs> in the case of Cynthia Nixon.
0: So usually pick the worst actor on the list. Got it. <laughs> also
1: informed by a lot of my guesses. I shouldn't give away my secrets, but a lot of my guesses have been informed by the character name and then the age of of the actor at the time. I project they might have played them. Mm.
2: All right. Well,
1: Angelette. <laughs>
2: well, all right. Let's see if you can crack this one. I won't. Lydia Labassi, a <laughs> casting agent who helps one. Laura of who is Laura Durn. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, a casting agent who helps one of her clients cover up a kidnapping of a teenage girl. Is it Molly Shannon? Patty LuPone, or Octavia Spencer.
1: Okay, this is an interesting one. What's uh, something less something?
2: Lydia Labassi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just for the fun of it, that's got to be Patty LuPone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> correct. <laughs> you know, you know what you're talking about.
1: Um, all of that was wild. Also, was like so fun. the idea that it was casting agent kidnapping. Wow, thank you. This was an incredible game.
2: Yeah, did y'all have a good time? I did. All yeah, right. I do. I love it. Score is in. <laughs> uh, and Kayla has a score of six, and Justin has a score of 2.5, which means <laughs> Kayla. Yes. You are the winner of yeah. the game. <laughs>
1: oh, thank you.
2: Sorry, to
1: to sound effect. Thank you. Uh,
2: Congratulations. Many emails I can't send because I am too busy guest starring in law and order.
1: Thank you so much for this game. This one was fun and weird.
0: I love it. It's really funny. I, I would play that again in some variety. I think that you guys influence the way that I write quizzes for my students because sometimes I'll throw in an absolutely unhinged answer and I don't think that that's appropriate, but it is fun. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's for I, whenever I hear a student laugh in the middle of their quiz, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I did. It. So
1: oh my God, that's so funny. Also, I can't believe Serena Williams. Guest
2: role. Yeah. SBU. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. See, the reason I don't watch it as part of my shtick is, like, it's kind of brutal. Yeah. Just, like, let's see. Especially the, the binge of it all. Anyway, thank you for this game. It was incredible.
0: Yes. Great work. Congratulations on winning the game. Um, And thank you to our executive producers, Cameron Toy, Erin Barnett and Jeremy Smith. Love you all. Kayla, thanks for being a great co-host.
1: Thank you so much for being a great co-host as well. And also for helping me not send emails that I shouldn't send.
0: Oh my God. Um, (laughs) I'm thinking, I'm thinking of things. Yeah. Rate, rate, comment, subscribe um, to our podcast, um, un- unless you were the head of a prestigious Midwestern uh, University <laughs> theater department. Um, otherwise, rate, comment, subscribe. <laughs> and we will talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> bada, 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 gossip Girl. <laughs> Bernadette Peters, Serena <Rita>
1: Williams. <laughs>